Welcome back to the Those Movie Dudes podcast. This week, we're talking about 1960's Breathless, 1948's The Treasure of the Sierra Madre, and 2003's Big Fish. Do you remember Zabumafu? Yes. It was Is about those two guys monkey? in the lemur. Lemur. Yeah, I remember ah. Zabumafu. Yeah. How could oh, you forget God. Zabumafu? Oh, my oh, God, the, dude. The lemur died, like, a handful of years ago, and that was a huge deal. Like, it was you hear... trending everywhere. Did you hear when Blue died? <laughs> Stop, guys. This was my childhood. <laughs> You didn't hear about Blue, Blue from Blue's Clues? No, I... Yeah, Blue's, dude, he ran Blue... in front of a truck and got smacked and Okay, died. for one, you probably never watched Blue's Clues, actually, John. Are you fucking Blue kidding me, is Steve? A girl. I, was, I was the OG when Steve was And you there. said oh, he, yeah. and Blue is a girl. Well, um, that's my fault for assuming a blue dog was a boy. Because there was literally a girl dog that was purple. And it was supposed Winkle. to be, like, Blue's girlfriend. His name was... Yeah, Carmichael or whatever. What Can was we it? save this for a Blue's Clues podcast? I'm glad to do. Did they ever make a Blues Clues movie? I think they might have done like a TV movie or something. Yeah, probably. Was they had so a new host. Do in a... <laughs> yeah, Steve's yeah, brother Joe. Steve, Steve went to college, and then Joe took over, <laughs> and then an Asian guy took over. I don't know his name though. Steve was like, "Wait, was I it? want some job security. <laughs> probably yeah. shouldn't just stay here and host this kid show my whole life." Yeah. Well, he joined a rock band and shaved his head, and then he did coke and ended up in the military or something. <laughs> Seriously? I think he's a Navy SEAL. No, but he did join a rock band. Welcome back, everybody. We are Those Movie Dudes. We watch three acclaimed films every single week, and then, unfortunately, Sometimes. get together on Zoom and have a podcast about it. Um, but yeah, so the three movies that we're going to be talking about today, the movie that I picked that won the poll is a little French film, a uh, movie that I've been wanting to see for a while because it's from a kind of acclaimed director, and I liked his other stuff, uh, but it's called Breathless. That is the one that we sat through for me this week. Oh, um, yeah. Hint, hint. Sat through. Yeah, well, that was Spencer's huh. movie. Little black and white, Frenchy, you know, thing. I chose the 2003 Tim Burton film, Big Fish, with Ewan McGregor. A movie that I remember very few little snippets from. Basically, the end of the movie is what I remembered um, in my mind. But, you know, glad to go ahead and revisit this and have a whole new outlook on it. All right. Cool. Big Fish. Okay, well, my movie was uh, The Treasure of the Sierra Madre. It uh, beat out Rio Bravo, and so I'm excited to see what you guys you guys think about this the black and white movie, John. The time Rio Bravo has lost, and I have voted for it. I wanted to see I, that movie. I didn't vote for Rio Bravo. I'm sure uh, I probably didn't not. vote for it last time. It was a John Wayne Western. But... Oh, well, I, I, I had to go with the Humphrey Bogart one, though. I had to go for the Humphrey Bogart. I had a roommate that had a poster of The Treasure of the Sierra Madre that I looked at every single day for about two years, and I had never seen the movie, so I'm glad that I at least now know the context behind it. In Georgia? It was was in my living room. Oh, God. I had a poster of it. Wow. Um, Yeah, wow. Um, Okay, so I am leaning towards talking about one of these movies first. You guys can disagree with me if you'd want, but please have a valid reason on why you are disagreeing. But the movie that I am thinking of leaning towards first is, is a film called Breathless. Yeah, same. Yeah, you guys want to? Yeah, I'm with Breathless? you. Yeah, very in. Yeah, I'm okay. ready. Because um, I really wanted to see this movie because it was from the director. I'm going to say his name wrong. Yeah. Give me a sec. Give me a sec. Give me a sec. Uh, okay. Jean-Pierre they, Melville, I think. Yeah. Jean-Pierre Melville? Yeah. Okay. But he directed a movie called The Samurai, which... Uh, is a really fun movie that we watched uh, before we did podcasting. We just watched the movies every week and just talked about them, or didn't even talk about them between each other. Uh, we oh. watched a movie called The Samurai, and it was a really, really cool movie. Uh, it was from, what was it, 1967? Uh, and I thought it was just really, really cool, and it had some great directing. This filmmaker, he completely taught himself how to shoot a movie just by watching movies, and I just respect the hell out of that kind of stuff. But for some reason, I heard that Breathless... Was like one of his most acclaimed ones. Wait, it came out seven years before the Samurai, nineteen sixty. What was up? Um, Jean Pierre Melville did not direct Breathless. Fuck! 
<laughs> it's John Luca God. Fucking Fuck. idiot. You Damn stupid it. idiot. I was, I was pretty sure. I but I had Should to we, keep I had to verify that. I had thought and... that this was the No, I'll I'll leave it in. Fuck it, because I okay. messed up. Damn. Okay, well, I'll allow it. That makes me to. feel so much better because I'm like, this guy's an acclaimed director. I loved his other movie. Like I can't wait to see what he does with this one. I've heard it's so acclaimed. But this you gotta one... do your fucking research, bro. God damn. <laughs> oh no, I, I don't so. blame him. Like, it, like it's, it's classic it's, French it cinema, same. so it's yeah. But no, that's fine. This one follows a small-time uh, thief who steals a car and impulsively murders a policeman. And because he's wanted, then he uh, meets up with an American journalist, and then basically kind of tries to persuade him or her, sorry, to run away with him and you know live life on the edge, a little Bonnie and Clyde type kind of story. Um, to me. This was an hour and a half, and it felt like it was almost a three-hour film. Thank you. Thank you. So, you didn't like this movie? What are you it saying? was just... It was a drag. It just nothing It was nothing. That was, it was, yeah. Wow, okay. Like, a Holy little... <laughs> well, like, that's the thing. It's like... It's got that premise. It's just like, okay, he, he impulsively murders a policeman. Why? He's a psychopath. Okay, sure. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of has a little romance there, and there's a little Bonnie and Clyde story. To me, that's like, okay, that sounds like it could be a good movie. I heard that it has some good cinematography. And the whole time, I was thinking that this was the same director of The Samurai, uh, which <laughs> Until this is moment. phenomenally shot. <laughs> and so you were disappointed. I was so disappointed, yeah. dude. I, to the point where I've carried it over to the beginning of this podcast. I was just like, what the fuck? Damn. It was just... I had to verify, so I was just like, um, "Thank you, is thank that you for fact-checking." No, thank I you criterion, guy. and I didn't mean to like, cut you off midway. I was just no, like, "Please," I was like, "Wait a minute, I need to like yeah. say something." <laughs> I've worked fifty hours in the last week and have time to really just dive into these three movies, but just like, yeah, this. Oh, I hate I mean, it. This one just. Dragged. I'll agree with you guys on that. Uh, it was fucking so boring, dude. Mm-hmm. I and like the like you said, um, the premise sounds somewhat cool. Like this kind of kleptomaniac slash sociopath who just in, or, uh, just kills this police officer and then tries to bring this girl along for the ride. It sounds like a somewhat interesting plot, but it takes an hour and 25 minutes for anything interesting to happen. And then that like climactic scene in the end wasn't even a good climax. No. <laughs> it was just like, I just, it was I'm just sorry. laughable. I'm like, is this really how they're going to end this movie right now? I just oh, can't believe God. I flobbed the fucking directors this, the past two weeks. I've been thinking that this was the same director because they've got the same first name and then three other names, or they just have three names in total, mm-hmm. and they have a little hyphen, and they're both fucking French. I don't know, man. I just thought that this was the same director, but I'm very, very relieved that this wasn't. But yeah, it was just like it was just a drag. Yeah, I was out of breath by the end. I just I wanted to suffocate myself to the to death. Basically, from leave it to John to give a title pun. Leave it to John. Yeah, but yeah, this this I guess <laughs> I, I guess I, I guess I just I, I've seen Viva Save, which is another movie that he did, which I did not care for either. Um, yeah, I, I the premise could have been pretty good, but it was just a whole lot of nothing. Just this guy yeah. complaining about how he just wants to like sleep with this girl, but this is 1960s sleep, so they just kind of so creepy and pushy with it. Like, and he every does other not scene, stop. he was like, Hey, take your clothes off. I'm like, But she was no fuck? better. Why is she putting up with this? Because yeah, she seemed like. She had some sort of standards, like the other guys that she was like seeing at the time. Successful, like, yeah. And good then she people. goes for this fucking loser who mm-hmm. just shows up in her apartment. I'm like, just tell him to fucking leave. Yeah, like, she, why she are you agrees to hide this? him? Yeah, uh, so even stupid. though she and doesn't then, know that he had murdered him, but yeah. But I all, there she was gets all these signals though. There was some like, uh, really good shots of like where the police that are looking for him like go to a spot where he once was but then you see him in like another part of the screen and then he does like a zoom i'm like oh that's kind of a cool way of doing that but other than that it was just really bad jump cuts that didn't really make sense and that's the other thing it ruined the pace of the movie it was just like things would happen and then they would hide out things would happen they would hide out and it just kept going up and down and there was nothing to like grab onto and it was just kind of there was Breathless. one conversation in the movie that went on forever in the, the bed. One when she, in the bed, and I'm just like, this keeps going and going and going, and like, 
they all go God. through like di- he it was he and her was, they both go through three different emotions it's weird right yeah it, exactly it was just strange but like there was good dialogue like i think the movie was written okay in terms of that but well yeah and it still no had good performances and the cinematography was great as nate mentioned like some of the shots like you did actually notice it's like okay this is this is very yeah. well composed it's well framed there's some good camera movements um and this was actually like one of the big influential examples of the french new wave of cinema because mm-hmm. uh, this came out in 1960 and it kind of brought a lot of international attention to like the new styles of French filmmaking. I, I guess that was the biggest reason on why I kept watching and was in- and engaged was like, because once I got to the point of the story where I really, I realized that I don't care. I really, I just, the characters mm-hmm. didn't do much for me. It was just kind of boring. So then I was like, okay, let's just watch this from a technical aspect. It's pretty solid, to be honest. I mean, from what they were able to do and what they were able to bring to this movie, I thought that the, the, the cinematographer honestly said, save the movie <laughs> he did it he did a great job with it and it, it looked kind of cool and is this on criterion yes it is it is okay well not gonna buy it no definitely not um maybe they, somewhere down the line if i become too ocd-ish and i just get everything because i need to then i might true. do that but no i wouldn't say it's really worth it either yeah, I, okay. I think we're all in 100% agreement. I I had I thought the cinematography was good. Like I thought it kind of made the film have this like 50s elegant sort of setup of Paris. So that was that was cool. I kind of got into the vibes of that, but other than that, the characters were just really boring. They just kind of lollygagged through the film and yep. there was just no substance, no personality. It was and I hated yeah. the dude. The dude mm-hmm. was so unlikable. So unlikable. Yeah. Fuck me, man. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah, and they were they were just hard <laughs> characters to read. You didn't know what they were gonna do. Yeah. And I was just kind of like, well, the motivations made no sense. They make up their minds. I'm just gonna sit here and just keep checking the timeline to see if I'm almost done. Just every <laughs> yeah. five or ten minutes or so, like, and done. Okay. It happens, Indeed, especially with you. I mean, you you typically love these type of movies. These like these Criterion like Godard's got foreign um, international films. Godard claim directors. No, he's he's one that actually I haven't really liked any of his movies yet. So I'm more of a Truffaut fan, so who was like also a, one uh, of the writers on Breathless. Tarkovsky. He's kind of like one of those kind of filmmakers for you. We're just not a big fan, despite the acclaim. I appreciate Tarkovsky's vision and how he is able to helm the camera and how the cinematography just blends to a story really well. It's just the yeah. stories are just nothing, like more nothing than Breathless. But with Tarkovsky, at least I have something that I know other people like, so it's got good reputation. So at least I can say I've seen an acclaimed movie that most people love. I just don't. What it's kind of just... score does this movie have? Like, what's the critical response for this movie? For Breathless, pretty high. It's amazing. It's got a ninety-seven percent Rotten Holy Tomatoes. Shit. I mean, it's on the Criterion Collection, so that's one thing. It's got a seven point nine out of ten on IMDb, uh, and it's got like a four point zero on Letterbox. Three point nine right now. Yeah, three point nine. Sure. It's like it's a it's a very well received movie, and I think that's maybe I had a little bit too much expectations going into this. And also thinking it was from a whole different director that really scared my view from it. And that was my own fault. But still, I just, yeah, this was kind of just a dud. And I, I really wished my other movie won last yeah. week. Because uh, I actually bought that movie on Criterion and still haven't seen it. Um, but whatever. It is what it is. Before I grade it, I want to ask you guys, what did you give it? Nate, what did you end up giving Breathless? I sadly, even though this is on Criterion, and even though this is up my alley, it's the wrong alley. Two and a half out of five. Yeah. Holy shit. Um, wow. Oh my god. You got a rotten Criterion over there? Yikes. Well, I don't no own way. it. So. I know, I thought that still, was... a movie um, that's on Criterion that you give a rotten score to? It, it, I guess it was just the, uh, the nothingness, and just yeah. kind of... I feel you back and forth were kind of unstable and he was just annoying he wasn't a character you liked um you kind of like the girl but then again she's also kind of like doing other things as well so just kind of nothing like the beginning was kind of good and the end could have been good but other than that the middle was just it was like two pieces of bread but you only had one piece of bread like that's how i felt i don't know (laughs) but it was just missing something and i just I guess I'm not a Godard fan. That's okay, though. 
John is yeah. that right, John? You love this movie. Huge, huge fan, dude. Yeah, this movie was fucking dog shit, dude. Whoa. Um, I <laughs> really, really just I had to pause this movie like eight times just to take breaks. Like I just I do that uh, just because of my OCD. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I just with movies like this, it just it's easy to get distracted, you know. Mm-hmm. There's just so there was just so there was nothing to this movie. I'm sorry, but like the cinematography was was really good, but there was just no story elements there that I found remotely interesting. Like I had to keep going back to IMDb and like, what is this supposed to be about? And then like even when he kills the cop, right? I don't even think you see it. Maybe I no, think they, it, pan, they, it, no, they it cut pan- away. Yeah, it cuts away to, like, a bird flying away or something. And Yeah, it's like, what the fuck? Is this to the wonder right now? Like, I just don't give a fuck. <laughs> so, I thought they made a good job at making Paris look elegant. Like, And also, the man, the woman was, was, like, really beautiful, too. Like, she, they made her look really nice on screen. Mm-hmm. But the guy was just a piece of shit. I don't like men like that in real life, let alone a characters that, uh... I mean, I haven't really met any sociopaths as far as I know, but he was just a total dick to women anyway, just trying to get what he wanted, expecting to get what he wanted out of her. Don't like people like that. So, one out of five. Ooh. One for the cinematography alone. That's the Ooh. only reason it gets a one for me. Boom diggity. Well, even if Nate and I gave this a four and a half out of five each, I, I bet you would still give it a one out of five. So, I guess mm. that's no surprise from John. Little surprise from Nate. It's a big Criterion acclaimed film, and it's pretty low. I'm going to go two out of five. This one just didn't do much for me. I appreciate um, the cinematography and some of the technical aspects of this movie, but I will never buy it on Criterion. I will never watch it again, uh, and I was very let down. And This was one of the first ones of the podcast where we're all just like, don't go see it. But I did I enjoy the saying. goofy cop, the one who was like chasing the girl into the... <laughs> into the movie theater and like when they're in the movie theater she's trying to hide from him and the cop literally like because it's an older movie you can see them talk to each other to tell each other what to do cop whispers to her sits back in his chair she looks at him and gets up and runs and he's like oh no like okay (laughs) come on it needed needed music like the little the little yeah no i agree finn Finn right at the end I'm like fuck you that's all I could think was just a big middle finger to my fucking face thanks a lot movie French movie well if you want to go watch (laughs) Breathless it won't make you breathless but go and watch it on HBO Max if you have the subscription Breathless HBO Max watch it at your discretion I think we transition to another old movie Mm, I don't think so I think we go with a little bit of a more modern movie no, I think that that would be a great movie to finish on just because of the, the message that it gives. It's a really heartwarming wow. message. Mm. Stinky, stinky. But yeah, no, mm. I guess we'll just we'll, we'll you know we'll finish on a, a movie that is just about one Oscars you know, and you know treasure and had, and, had know, set like milestone markers for different genres and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, no, it's Humphrey fine, Bogart's yeah. performance basically. Set yeah, over the top annoying paranoia no to go with the other paranoia subgenres. Right, so. There's like you can see yeah, it we can in, get like, into all it the Family Guy episodes, Humphrey Bogart, and like French I think toast. We can get an Ewan McGregor at any Come time. Come on, we don't need Clint fine. Eastwood looking down over his shoulder. Hmm? Hmm? All right, Spencer, decide. What are we doing? Just, just fucking decide. You are the host. Just fucking say. Treasures of the Sierra Madre, because we're talking about it so much already. Okay, go all ahead. Right, great, great, awesome. Okay, I suppose we can talk about The Treasure of the Sierra Madre, directed by John Huston, starring Humphrey Bogart and Walter Huston. This is a classic black and white movie. You've got Humphrey Bogart, just this kind of bum looking for work in Mexico, and he meets a couple guys, and they go on a good old gold hunt. They go mining for gold, and you see how some paranoia sets in, you see what money can do to people, and you even get some, like... Uh, Mexican American Indian battles in between, and it's kind of funny and kind of goofy. Yeah, kind of. It was very innocent, but yeah, yeah. But it, I've heard it as a classic, and I want to know if John thinks it's a classic. John, (laughs) is this a classic? I'm sure. I could see why this would be a classic. They're, you know, it's Oscar winner, old fashioned uh, gold rush kind of uh, adventure, sort of, with these guys that just meet up and pull some money together to go out there and try to find some gold and mm-hmm. you know obviously they, they do find some gold and then run into some other people IMDb number movie? 149 
This movie is just over two hours. I didn't mind this movie. I did not Whoa. mind the film. Holy I, shit. Dude, wait, liked... wait, hold on. Before you keep going, this is a movie from 1948. Do you realize this? Do you I realize do. the yeah, words yeah, coming yeah, out yeah. of your mouth? Oh you my. said you didn't mind this movie? Didn't you okay? mind it. I... It's weird saying that. Yeah, no, I know. It, it does That's sound weird. strange. Yeah, I didn't exactly. hate the film. But you have to understand, I do like oh films my. like National Treasure, Indiana Jones. This is somewhat of an adventure movie. 2005, but also... 1983. Okay. Yeah, shut the fuck <laughs> up. Let's keep going. Um, just, I, I think that the, the content here, I like movies that are based somewhat around adventure and just like discovering things. I don't really know, but this sort of had those elements. I hated Dobbs, though. I genuinely, I think that back in those days, people latched on to these performances that were somewhat over the top, people spiraling out of control on mass paranoia and mm-hmm. just losing their minds. It didn't make sense to me because the other characters didn't seem to share any of these aspects of their personalities. They were just like chill about the whole situation. Mm-hmm. Not and they understood. He was just losing his mind over, like, and he would come up with these insane scenarios, and these guys were like, fucking wrong, what, what's wrong with you, bro? Like, what? And and just time and time again, he just kept losing it. It's just, it would just, it became annoying to me at times, because it was just, I just couldn't stand that character, and that's kind of what the movie revolved around, was this dude. Yeah, so. but but then again, it's, it's Humphrey Bogart, who, I don't I mean, care. Legend, doesn't from mean Casablanca, uh, the African Queen, I mean, you name it, he's one of the most like highly regarded actors of our time, and he gave a phenomenal performance in this movie. Yeah, his character wasn't great, but his performance, like Streetcar Named Desire, even though you don't like those characters, their performances are just like, bam, these, these, this is really good. But surprisingly, this actually wasn't one of Humphrey Bogart's most known. Well, it is one of his most known movies, but his performance-wise, it isn't like regarded as like one of his best. That's obviously Casablanca, but he's great in this movie. And for a movie that was made in 1948, or at least released in that year, this did not feel like a movie from 1948. Just from the dialogue, the tension, the cinematography, the mm-hmm. the the lighting, the black and white cinematography was great. And the performances, yeah, it was just, it was really engaging. Even though it was a little long, it was still, like, this is a really engaging movie. Like, I was hooked from pretty much mm-hmm. the beginning. It was it's a very a... layered story, too, that mm-hmm. felt newer than, you know, the time that it came out. Yeah, and it set a lot of the tropes that you'd see be, like, parodied in TV shows and movies. Just everything about, oh, we all found this valuable thing. Now, can we trust the people around us to not take it? And yep. it was just kind of funny seeing all the little things happen, like with the money in the hole and then the little, the whatever, the little thing. lizard was in there. Yeah. And he was just like, well, all right, go ahead. If you don't believe me, if you can't trust me, go ahead and check. And you could just see Humphrey Bogart go from this, this guy who you thought was going to be this great guy who's going to find it big. He gets told throughout the entire movie by this Howard character, you don't want to be too, too greedy. Like, let's leave now. We can... We'll be fine for the rest of our lives, but Howard kept telling him those bad things. And he ended up being the he became it, and Humphrey Bogart was just perfect for this. I couldn't imagine anyone else in this role. Classic, yeah, classic I black and white like character. Personally, no. This movie's got a lot of acclaim, and I I can certainly see where it comes from. Um, I I really I would have liked if this movie sort of focused on the the cultures clashing. And they do mm-hmm. focus on it a little bit, like with the Native American. I can't. They were. I feel like they ran into Native Americans and Mexicans at one point. I think, like, yeah, because they were like Mexican bandits, and then those. And then there was like also some Apache Native, American Native Americans. Yeah, and they focus on that a little bit with the main, the older guy, I can't Howard. His name. Yeah, I really liked that, and like Curtin was there too, and like I kind of liked the rapport that they were having because they went from just like clashing with each other to sort of getting along because this guy was like a healer of some kind. But mm-hmm. then they just cut back to Dobbs, and he's just losing his mind in the middle of nowhere. And I just didn't really care for that story. I think it would have been better if they'd sort of focused on the other side of it. Okay. Um, and maybe maybe had everyone go along with it. And I don't know. It would have been a, a more impactful story for me overall. But that's not what they did with this movie. Yeah. So okay. That was my thought. Okay. That's why I didn't like it as much. Oh, all right. Okay. Sure. Well, all right. Yeah. So John doesn't like it. Um, that, so let's chill. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. No, that's well, cool. Well, he said that he didn't mind it. 
I, yeah. I didn't mind that's it. What's in, that's what's important. Is didn't that say he I liked didn't it. Mind this movie. Yeah. Yeah, but if uh, he, but if it's like a two out of five, then that, it doesn't matter. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah, I mean, this one it's been so highly acclaimed and regarded uh, as long as I could remember, and I've wanted to see this for a while. So I'm glad that we finally did check it out. I think that it is just a little bit too long. I I, I felt myself checking out just a little bit towards the third act. Just because I was kind of like waiting to see like what happened and what the resolution was, um, and once it happens, it's like okay, that that was that was a solid movie, but it it didn't blow me away as maybe I was thinking it would, but I still thought it was a very strong movie with some great performances, cinematography, directing. I mean, the technical aspects. This movie has got it down, uh, even though some of the uh, some of the movie kind of you can be like, all right, they're on they're on a sound stage right now, but whatever, let's ignore it, <laughs> let's move on. It still looks pretty cool. The lighting they're doing a good job with. Um, but yeah, it was just a fun kind of like paranormal like adventure movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, all those shootouts and like the, the constant tension they'd have with the bandits that would always come and try to like kill them and shit. Like it was just kind of fun. And like there was one big scene where they're like, are we going to, should we kill this person? Let's go have a meeting and talk about it. They go have a meeting and talk mm-hmm. about it, come back. I think we're going to kill you, but can you help us fight these bandits real quick? <laughs> <laughs> like, they just start firing. Like, like we're going to go with, with uh, scenario number one. He's like, yeah. okay, how about we don't do that? But and he this... laid them out like perfect options. Like, okay, you get three options you can do. You can kill me now. What? Yeah. <laughs> like, let's, let's think of this. Just how it was in the Old West, I guess. Yeah. But this movie yeah. created the trope that you'll hear in a lot of other things about uh, badges. We don't need no stinking badges because he's like they're trying to say that they're like cops or whatever, and he's like, "No, you're not." It's and marvelous, then just, dude. Yeah. No. Oh yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So uh, you guys want to grade it? I'm gonna let John grade it first. Yeah. I feel like he's way below all the rest. So go I ahead. Th- I wouldn't say I'm way below. Way we only below. have a five star Ooh. rating or five star rating scale, so I can't be that. Even far if off. you praise a movie, like you said, so many great things about a streetcar named Desire, and then you're like two out of five. <laughs> oh, you know, because yeah, I, this is my new movies, favorite I don't movie want to of all be negative time. the whole time. I love it. La di da di da. One out of five. <laughs> you guys are fucking terrible. All right, what's your grade? I, I didn't mind this movie again. I think that two out of three of the actors did a serviceable job. I didn't like Dobbs. His acting was good. I didn't like the character. And I exactly. Didn't like the that movie means he did his job. Overall. If I don't like a character, I'm not going to say I like the movie. I'm sorry, but. Yeah, whatever. His acting was fine. I give it a fresh score of three Ooh. out of five. Okay, are you just doing that to, to kind of get out of the 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 cliche that we that we're so accustomed no. to from you? I liked really. I liked aspects of the film. I really did. He's like I said earlier, to like it's, it's classics. Some sort so of I'm going to start movie. picking more. I laughed yes. a couple times. I thought that okay. the the old guy was funny, and their the, yeah. the rapport with Curtin was was interesting and. It had a bar Fucked fight, off. you know, some little yeah, action. Yeah, bar fight, dude. Like <laughs> yeah, man, there was some cool shit, you know? Interesting decision-making like that had to come into play with Curtin when the cave collapsed. That was cool. Mm-hmm. He should have just let him go, and that would have been a better film, in my opinion. But yeah. All right, wow. So, okay, so you go three out of five. That is a shock. I thought you were going to go one and a half to no. two. No, no, no. I'm going to go... I'm going to go three and a half. This one I really enjoyed. I thought this one was a lot of fun. And I could actually probably see myself rewatching this in a couple of years if I owned it on Blu-ray or Criterion, if it's even on there. I don't think it is. But uh, if it was, you know, I would consider buying it. it. It's a solid movie. And I'd be curious to know more about, like, the making ofs and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it's definitely worth checking out, unlike Breathless. Uh, Ooh, but that is uh, slam. Yeah, three and a half for me. Yeah, well, John Pierre Melville did a great job directing this movie. Um, As he's directed every movie. Yeah, yeah, he's directed every movie so far that we've done tonight. Um, but yeah, it was just classic Humphrey Bogart, and I thought this was one of his better roles, out of, even though it might not be one of his most well-known. Just the way you see him descend into madness. Um, another movie kind of like that, but on the female perspective, is Repulsion. Kind of had the oh. same tones towards the end of the movie with... Humphrey Bogart, he would go to like check a body or something and be like, um, I don't know, did he move? Is he still alive? Kind of thing. And you never kind of knew what was going on. And then you guys will just have to see what happens to Mr. Dobbs. But it has one of those endings that's like satisfying in like a weird way. If you've seen the movie, you know what we're talking about. But it's kind of funny. I laughed a little bit at the end. 
Well, so did the characters. <laughs> you know. Oh wow, that spoils. Um, okay. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, that four was out of five. Of the Sierra Nevada. Um, Sierra Madre. Four out of oh. five for me. Sorry, that was that was my oh. grade for this. It was a very good black and white classic. I would definitely buy this and own this. Wasn't one of the greatest, but for a western and had great performances all around the board. So I'll take it. It's on HBO Max. I would say go and watch it. We all enjoyed it. Holy shit. Would you look at that? That classic movie from 1948 that John gave a positive review of. If you haven't been listening to this podcast, you don't understand how big of a deal that is. So if he's given it a positive review, I think that you absolutely need to go and watch this movie uh, because it's it's. It's, it's a There's holy something moment. there. There's definitely yeah. something there, I will say. But, but now well, the mood is going to change. Finally brings go us... Catch some fish? I'm scared to see nope. Nate's opinion here. I, I, you've never seen it's this not, movie, Nate? Nope. And Spencer, you've not. seen it back in the day, I would think. Dude, I've, seen, I've seen this movie... Like This was probably my fourth or fifth time watching it. I shouldn't have said yes to Big Fish. I just knew that Nate hadn't seen it. Yeah, uh, so okay. that's why I was like, sure, go ahead. Because like as I was rewatching, I'm like, I've seen this movie way too many times. <laughs> like that's fair. I shouldn't have said yes to this, but yeah, I, I have seen it a lot. Yeah. Well, yeah. how recent do you think you'd seen it though? Like, was Maybe it like three years ago? Okay, so it, you pretty much know the movie then. That's fine. Yeah. For right. me, I remember seeing it. I mean, it might have been kind of when it came out, maybe a few years after. But I just had a few. Like, I kind of remember the plot a little bit, but there were just some scenes and like images of some of the characters so i really didn't remember much about it but basically yeah big fish came out in 2003 directed by tim burton um big fish is a this is a synopsis i wrote myself a magical and mystical rendition of an old man's interpretation of life as told by stories to his son over the course of his life many of the stories are easy to believe as a young child idolizing his father but as one becomes older and his father stays the same does the boy really know his father at all so yeah, Big Fish in 2020. Tim Burton film. Haven't seen a Tim Burton film in a while. Maybe Alice Through the Looking Glass? Something like that? <laughs> Spencer's um, favorite movie you watch, of the year you came watch out. Dumbo? Dumbo? He did Dumbo. No. No, I, I didn't get around to it because my dad was always just like, I'm not going to watch that stupid movie. You know, you can so watch it while holding Dumbo. your dad's hand. Okay, well, it's just easier <laughs> well, to Well, that was the most the recent theater. Tim Burton movie that he directed, I think it was Dumbo. And then he did Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. I like that movie. Guys, Frank and Weenie, Dark Shadows. Like, yeah, he's... Yeah. T- Tim Burton, for me, is so hit, hit or miss because I find his earlier work really solid, like Edward Scissorhands. Uh, and, I need to rewatch uh, even, that. I've never seen yeah, that he, either. Oh, my wow. God. You haven't seen that I, movie? I probably saw it around the same time I saw Big Fish, like when I was way okay. younger. Okay. But you got like Beetlejuice, the original Batman, and the Batman Returns the sequel. Like, and he's done some fun movies, and he's done some good ones too. And I, I don't always love his style, especially recently. This was always one of my favorite Tim Burton movies, just because of how much emotion he was able to put into it. Because mm-hmm. this is at heart. I mean, this movie really is a father and son story, as in this guy trying to understand who his father is. Like, was these stories that his father told him just a lie or was the, or were they true? And as he's like growing up and living his life, he's kind of realizing he's like, I guess my father wasn't a crazy loony. Like I thought, like there's a lot of right. truth to this story. And I thought that Tim Burton handled that material so well. Like, cause he just, the emotion in this movie is very prevalent. It's, it's like, I don't know. I, I it still hits me in the feels every time I watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I can see that, and Tim Burton's just, it had such a storytelling element, and then that those pieces all came together, even in the flashbacks, and when the son and the dad, or whether it be the dad, Marion Cotillard talking. The way that he tells the story with some truth, but some exaggerations, and then you can see the son just like, oh my god, can my dad just like be real with me for once? I liked that, and definitely all the side conversations were cool because you saw the different pieces of the story until, of course, the climax where you kind of see how everything plays out. But it was just really feel-good. Like, there was no real bad emotion, I thought, in this movie. It was just like a dream. Kind of like what the Alice in Wonderland movies could have tried to be with a little better atmosphere and less over-the-top stuff. Like if they made it like feel real and like more like a Wonderland instead of just this dystopian 
creepy place with Johnny Depp. Yeah. Who, who wouldn't want to walk in the woods and then just stumble upon this like hidden community of just these like these people? It's like okay, like I will okay, say, cool. Did that <laughs> community don't kill me in my sleep? But sure, <laughs> that community reminded me of first of all the village. Because I didn't remember yeah. that scene from the first time Mid-summer. I watched it. And also, Midsummer. Yeah, dude. That was what I was yeah. going to say. And this yeah. scene. It's a little culty. Yeah. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. This scene is where. I mean, it like, is. <laughs> it's a cult. It's, yeah, it's definitely a cult. But Tim Burton has a way of making things sort of dreamlike and mystical, but also, like, very creepy, too. So you can see that. I don't know, man. He, I think he really was the perfect director for this movie because at times you're on the sun side and then you're also like, maybe this did happen. Like, I don't really know. And then, mm-hmm. so I think he just did a really good job of balancing those two things and giving it like the qualities that this story really deserved. Mm-hmm. And like, it did have a lot of, a lot of really emotional scenes. Like, you know, when he goes to oh, away to war and stuff, every scene when he was like falling in love with this girl, although very corny at times. Early it was 2000s. funny seeing him as a football player. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't like the scenes when, when the, uh, the other guy, and they were only there to set up the fact that like he was gonna be with the girl down the road. Like he's just mm-hmm. always like mad when, when uh, Ewan McGregor was like succeeding out of nowhere in this montage. It's like, dude, yeah. fuck, go fuck yourself. But always. I didn't even realize it was that dude from uh, the beginning of the movie who saw his death in the, the witch's eye. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Until later, I was like, oh yeah, it's that guy. But it was just it's just really you, creative yeah. the way they do this but, film you know like if you were tr- to like try to explain this movie to somebody uh, yeah. it would just make no sense because it's like yeah, yeah, well, yeah. what are you pitching me like this sci-fi weird movie but really i mean it's very grounded in, in the fact that like it's just like it's a it's a true human story about life i mean you, you see this guy grow up from beginning to, and all the way to his like until he's old and I, those types of movies i always love for example like forrest gump like you know him right when he's a child to when he's like has grow, grown up and stuff like you follow him throughout his life and his journeys and those types of movies that you can really latch onto the characters with as like this one but yeah i mean tim burton does a great job of just merging like the whole like abstract and realism uh, that you see in movies into one and that's what this movie was because it's like you don't know what's what's really happening what isn't and then it's as it kind of goes on you can kind of make up your own conclusions and stuff it's it's just a unique little movie Mm -hmm. helena bottom carter was great in this movie i thought and is it billy kudrup is that who it is he was an almost famous and stuff he was awesome too as being like slowly convinced of what's going on and like portraying that emotion and marion cotillard was awesome dynamic as well because then she was the outsider everything she was was the outsider listening in and just from like a uh, mutual perspective and it was just it was nice and seeing how everything played out in the end it was like bittersweet in a way if that makes sense but it did have a really good message and the whole story of the big fish it kind of it set up the world really well like, yeah. okay, we're going to tell a very real story, but be ready to be amazed. Almost like a magic show. Sure. Tim Burton yeah. is like the definition of what a magician's type of movie would be. Just kind yeah, of fantastical and yeah. um, very bright. And this movie had bright moments, but it was spooky, but more like storybook spooky. Right, and right. that's just kind of the Tim Burton touch. And he really explores what you can do and pull off cinematically, which I really appreciate because not a lot of people take the risks that he does with just the over the top, like in your face style. Mm-hmm. And this is the only one of like the the ones that just really stand out to me as and like it really works because it's a good balance between the two. Uh, he doesn't go full Tim Burton, Alice in Wonderland, Johnny Depp, like dancing around in a unicorn suit. He goes <laughs> pretty, like, yeah. pretty legit. Like, I mean, he he has some fun. He tweaks some stuff and has some fun with the cinematography and whatnot. But yeah, it's just it's just a very like grounded emotional story about a father and son and like they're yeah. them trying to like reconnect over the years and stuff. Yeah. He uses those weird elements when he has to, like the scene in the town when they're just kind of like dancing around and stuff. <laughs> that was like mad creepy, dude. But uh, you're in a dream. You're in a dream. La da da da. The spiders and stuff, <laughs> and uh, and like the tree, you know, uh, pulling like oh, the whole like weeping willow thing house on him. Too, sort of. That he has mm-hmm. to go and like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just it's perfectly set up for Tim Burton. I'm so glad that he did this movie, especially you know back then when he was really thriving in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But. I just, you know, it like you guys said, it's a very emotional story, and I I love those films that kind of just like flashback, and then you just you go along with the characters throughout the entire thing and just learn so many things about them, and you you can kind of see it from multiple perspectives too, because you see it through uh, Marion Cordelin as kind of like the outsider Marianne with the rose colored, 
I'm so, how does it? How, what does Marion it say? <laughs> Marion, whatever, dude. Her, the Carlington, wife. or whatever you said. I don't know, dude. You see it with like the rose-colored glasses. It's like the first time hearing these stories, and she's just like perplexed by them. And then the son is just like, dude, not again. And then, yeah. and then the wife is uh, Jessica Lang was also really great in the movie, and she is just oh, she loves isn't this guy. She great, <laughs> Jessica she's Lang. I'm always sorry. amazing, dude. She's great. so I mean, great. Really good cast genuinely good cast and what better guy to play the leader of the circus than danny DeVito. danny devito <laughs> oh so man it's... oscar he should have won an oscar for this 100 he's fantastic it had yep. those those typical tim burton yeah, actors in this film like helen and bottom carter you know it had it had them all so it had the tall guy from house of a thousand corpses and the devil's rejects oh he well, played carl passed away really young i mean he was 32 mm-hmm. Because of his, his because size. Of his his size. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yikes. He, he passed away. Yeah. He was, yeah, he was great in the movie. Though. Oh, in all of the movies that he was in, he just portrayed the perfect character. And of course, it was something that wasn't good on his body. It obviously took a toll, but he was fantastic every time he was on screen because he was menacing. But then he also portrayed like a lot of pathos with his emotions and now. his eyes. And he's awesome, kind of. And he was. He was Carl. Like you, you related to this 15, 20 foot guy. Like I he's love awesome. every single time he said his name. He's like, yeah, I'm Carl. Everybody's like, oh, all right. Uh, <laughs> cool. <laughs> he, he grows a better facial hair than I do. He, he goes from like, oh, I'm a giant. I eat a lot of stuff. I make big hole in barn that look like body. Oh, hey, I'm Carl. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like just it's a like, nice dude that wants. To hey, Carl, how'd you? <laughs> but I like how Ewan McGregor is just like, I'll go find him. Yep. <laughs> it's like, okay, who who named you king of the town? Obi Wan. Hey, it's Ewan McGregor. Yeah, it's Ewan McGregor. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. Go play with your lightsaber. He cheated on his wife with Mary Elizabeth Winstead, but Mary uh, Elizabeth Winstead. Like he cheated on his about. wife with Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah, he was married for twenty five years, and then they did Fargo season three together, and then. <gasps> What? Good for him, dude. No, um, not good for him. That's not who's his fair. wife. Yeah. And his his own daughter blasted him on social media about like how of a, much of a shitty father he is for doing this to them. It's like it was a little oh like personal. God, yeah, that's a little awful. Intense. That's like a David Hasselhoff situation with like the cheeseburgers. Oh. <laughs> Going back to okay. 2003, I don't know, dude. <laughs> when he's right. blackout drunk and just being filmed eating cheeseburgers in the bathroom. By his daughter, <laughs> by like his 13-year-old daughter. He's yeah. like, Dad, you what need the to fuck? stop that. <laughs> we shouldn't be laughing at this because it's terrible, but yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> it's fun to laugh at celebrities because they're not real people. Yeah, they um, have money. Um, yeah, oh, they have money, okay. so it's not real. Yeah. All right, let's, anyway, let's grade this beach. Yeah, Spen- uh, Spencer, since this is like your fourth or fifth time seeing it, uh, what would be your thoughts this time around? When I watched this movie a handful of years ago, like, I remember it kind of being like with you, John, is, and like you hadn't seen it in a very long time, so you wanted to revisit it. Cause Did I we watch it? A long time ago. I don't think we'd watched it together, but I'd seen it a long time ago, and then a handful of years ago back, I'm like, mm. I-, I gotta watch this again because I don't remember much. Watched it and loved it. I was like, this is amazing. Then I kept on showing it to people and watching it again. Uh, and then now it's been a couple years since, and I've seen it again. My grade isn't the same as it was a handful of viewings ago. I think I went really high because it just really impacted me emotionally. Like, I remember the second time watching this, the ending, with him kind of just walking out and seeing everyone else that's been in the movie and all the characters that you've known. I got so choked up. I was like, this is emotional. Like, I'm feeling yeah. things right now. Like, this is a really, like, solid movie with a great ending so i gave it a pretty high score to begin with but rewatching it now for the fourth or fifth time it's it's gone down a little bit it's not it doesn't impact me the way it used to but i'd still go like a good four and a half out of five i mean i i still just wow. really enjoy this movie i do it's it's just a Holy nice shit. movie to just go to you feel some emotion with you get some good visuals you get some good it's just like a good story like it's 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 a movie like it, it makes you immersed it is a movie it does its is job it? I have fun with it. So, yeah, four and a half out of wow, five. Big and because I've seen it so many high. times and still, mm-hmm. like, we'll easily sit and watch it again, I, it's got to be that high for a reason. I mean, yeah, hmm. four and a half out of five. Oh, I, mean, I went five fish. out of five a while ago, and I, I knocked it down. So, okay. I expect you to go lower, like, a little But, yeah. Nate, what'd you, what would oh, your grade for the first times. time viewing a big fish? It, it was definitely a fun movie. Um, There's a lot of times in movies where jumping back and forth between real world and flashback sometimes throws me off because 
sometimes the timelines can get chalky and you're not quite sure what's matching up right now but this one worked really well um all of these characters were super relatable and you grew to care about them throughout the entire thing um and even mcgregor was perfect for this still a little out there there were some like this might sound weird but like hue and saturation things and the colors just i know it was part of the dream but that part wasn't as i didn't care as much about um but it was the way he told the story and the characters were portrayed by everyone who played him i thought was fantastic i was gonna say it was my favorite tim burton movie but i think Hmm. batman and rob not batman and robin sorry batman returns (laughs) is still my favorite but yeah this movie's Definitely very, very well done and well cast and one that Spencer had recommended for years, <laughs> probably since I met you guys. You were like, you yeah, should watch Big Fish. Because I had definitely been rewatching it during the time where like, I think we were like living together and I, I'd known you. So I've been like, oh, dude, you got to watch Big Fish because it's so good. And then you're always like, no, no, yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe no. it's not a horror movie. Kind of. No, um, it's it's me telling him to watch it is in it's an automatic. Nope. Yeah, I'll watch yeah. it on my time, bitch. Fuck you. Or okay. when it gets voted on by the or people. When it gets voted on. Exactly. It's about fucking time. <laughs> I don't even know I what this went up against, but I'm pretty sure it was a runaway, as far as I know. Sleepless in Seattle. Another yeah, this I'd was seen. a runaway. Gotcha, yeah. I, I you, did also you picked it? this one. Four it's out of five. Solid. Very, yeah, very good movie. It was fun. It was heartwarming. Didn't quite get a tear out. Like, I could feel it developing, but it just mm. didn't have that extra, like, what's that song? that Oof. love lift us up where we belong. And I'd start crying. Maybe if we had watched Sleepless in Seattle, that would have happened. No, so probably it didn't, not. But we never I'll will. Note for you. Okay. Four weeks it from didn't now. hit the full emotional nerve, but I can see why it did. And just the performances held it together really well because they made it believable. Well, I'm glad you guys liked it. I it's, it's always a film that I wanted to revisit just because I didn't remember it, but I always remembered having such a, you know, at least I assumed I had a good viewing experience as a kid because I always held it in very high regard. Performances are really good. Obviously, going back now, the acting talent in this movie is, is way up there with Jessica Lange and Ewan McGregor, Marion, whatever. Marian and Kutcher. this movie is just perfect for, Tim, perfect for Tim Burton. I love the father-son elements to this movie. It just, I think... It was a little bit too quirky at times for me. Like, it was just a little bit too mystical and magical. Like, the scene with the town. Didn't really care for the town. I kind of wish maybe they focused on some other elements of his life. Because they do go back to that town again, and there's, like, another character and stuff and that they revisit with. I think if they had focused on maybe just some other story over the town, I would have liked mm-hmm. it a little bit more. So, I wasn't let down, but... I think I was expecting to be like blown away by this movie just a little bit. And I don't think I was, but it's still a really, really good, impactful story that I do want to revisit again at some point. I'm going to go a little bit lower. I'm going to give this a three and a half out of five. Oh, man. It's a very, very good movie that deserves to be watched over and over again. But I've seen better, personally. Sam, it's still a very good movie. Pick better. Okay. Maybe you should too, Breathless. Ooh, absentia. Although I thought it was going to be great. Big Fish. It is on Amazon Prime. That is where we watched it. If you would like to go and watch it, if you haven't seen it, and if you kind of don't aren't a fan of Tim Burton, I'd say definitely check this one out because it's 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 different Tim Burton. It's Tim Burton that you're not kind of used like to. It's not like in your face Tim Burton. Or like you're Tim familiar, Burton. but it's like okay, well, what else can you do, Tim Burton? It's it's <laughs> worth it, I think, to check it out. And it's a it's it's a good movie. It's got some good intentions. It's got some good heart. It's got good messages. Yeah. Big Fish. It's got spiders um, though. Let's get away. And mm-hmm. at this point, because we have talked about all three movies and we've graded them, that usually brings us to our next part of the podcast where we announce uh, next week's podcast. But that is no more. That is not going to be <sighs> part of the ending of the podcast anymore because if you are listening to this right now and it's a Friday or Saturday as the episode drops, go to our Instagram right now and pick the movies that are going to be on the podcast for next week because they are in our stories. You can vote right now. Uh, and that is where our picks are going to be. So if you want to help dictate what the next episode is going to be, please go to our Instagram at those movie dudes and vote in our stories. Then you can help kind of We're gonna pick some great ones. Picking great movies. We've been on a good straight audience. Yeah. 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 Cool. Oh yeah. And if we you'd like been, uh, to do that, we enjoy listening to along you guys. with us on uh last few episodes, you may know of our new segment, Mainstream Boy, where we talk about uh, new release movies, mainstream films, uh, stuff that's not Breathless and The Treasure of Sierra uh, Nevada, Miadre. What is it? Oh, man, John. 
I'm gonna non-black and white movies, mostly movies that star Joey King nowadays because things <laughs> aren't coming out in theaters. But uh, every Monday, we release a new episode where we talk about one or two new mainstream films that are coming out on VOD right now. So if you're into that, hosted by, you know, good old friend Johnny Boy and Spencer and maybe Nate if he wants to play along. Maybe not. No? Oh, it doesn't look like it. Uh, well, um, it depends yeah. on if the movie is, like, good or not. It probably won't be for a while. If it's, um, like, yeah. Relic, then no. But... Yeah. Well, yeah, that's Mainstream Boy. We have two episodes out now. You can go ahead and watch on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. But, uh, yeah, every Monday. Cool. And if you care about Criterions, we have a new show. Oh, I just dropped a couple. Ooh, we have a new show. That's thing John was talking about. Okay, Coming Sorry. out on Wednesdays called the Criterion Criteria. Uh, we had a different title, but it turns out uh, three other podcasts have the exact same title. Um, so, hey, the Criterion Criteria. If you want to uh, dive into some Criterions with Nate and I, we're going to be talking about mm. all the different movies that are in the collection, especially our collection, because between the two of us, we have uh, we have some content that will last us at least a couple of years. We release them every Wednesday. So um, if you want to kind of dive in on some of these Criterion movies, every Wednesday, the Criterion Criteria, it'll be out on Those Movie Dudes podcast feed. So subscribe. And I can talk iTunes. about... I could talk about Criterions for hours. So for those of you who are thinking, oh my God, they're getting nice short videos. No, these are going to be four hour long analyzing every single movie. Like oh It's going to be God. like a Imagine Criterion. Get the coffee. Get the coffee. We're doing this. We're doing this yep. hardcore. And the first movie we're doing is Stalker. No, Spencer, I'm wouldn't kidding. you rather I'm talk not, about no. Kissing Booth 3? I'm not doing that. <laughs> like upcoming Absolutely not. movies with Joey. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, let's not talk about that. Great. Well, uh, I'm going to sign off. Thanks for watching, guys. Uh, this has been Those Movie Dudes, episode 24, as far as I know. Big Fish, go watch it. And make sure you guys subscribe and rate us five stars on iTunes. And also, if you don't have iTunes, you can listen to us on Spotify and Podbean. That is where you can find us. Uh, click the link tree in our description on Instagram at Those Movie Dudes, and you can kind of find us anywhere we are socially uh, and follow us there. That would be awesome. Uh, leave some comments. Leave some likes. Let us know what we're doing right or wrong. Just some engagement. You know, that would be great. That's all I really want to say. And uh, toodles. Honestly, you guys don't have to rate us five stars if you don't want to. We're just doing that because that's kind of like the stereotypical thing that podcasts do. We'd be so happy with a two and a half or even a three. If you remember the grade system that we gave you, uh, even a three we'd be happy with. It's better than our one right now. So uh, actually, I don't know. If it is, let me let me know at this current moment at uh, 847, 848 uh, how it was and... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of rambling now. I did get to watch Picnic at Hanging Rock. It's kind of bizarre. Um, yeah. Criterions. You should go out and buy some at Barnes & Noble because they're, like, fucking awesome and shit. Um, yeah. And for those of you who haven't watched Solo yet, I'm coming. Thank you for listening to Those Movie Dudes. Next week's episode will be available on August 7th. Stay safe and wash your fucking hands.